a very special episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know. I am once again the man who knows too much about Batman, Ben Juan, and with me as usual is my co-host, Andruvius. Is that Lord your name? Andruvius Maximilian III. <laughs> also with us is... It's me, kitties. Not Uncle Joker this time. This is uh, Zachary Jackson Brown. I think this is the first time I've actually put my real name up here but uh Lame. just trying to that's right i learned from you andrew i was just trying to be a little bit uh lamer today and and normal i see and returning to the show is john hefner hi thank you for having me back on for this one especially this one yes so the first time we brought john on the show it was to discuss the batman newspaper strip from 1989 through 1991 which we called the original Batman 89 sequel comic. Uh, but today we're joined by a very special guest who uh, was one of the main writers on that strip, uh, and that is Bill Mesner Lopes. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <coughs> Excuse me. No problem. I'm, yes, I'm, um, I'm pleased to be here. I'm pleased well, to be anywhere. It's, <laughs> it's, on, it's an honor to have you here, and uh, I first want to sort of re-acknowledge John and sort of introduce you to John as part of the reason why we're here because John maintains uh, a Tumblr called The Daily Batman, uh, which I'll pull up right now. But uh, that is the whole reason why a lot of us know about the strip in the first place is because of the fact that he promoted it and sort of let all of us know about this. So for viewers unfamiliar with this comic strip, be sure to check out our previous episode about it as well as the comic strip itself uh, through John's Tumblr uh, before jumping back here for the interview. But uh, obviously, I wanted to make sure that John was here with us. And uh, John provided a lot of the questions as well that we have for you because uh, he's been such a big fan of this uh, comic strip. And so are we. So uh, let's get started then on the newspaper uh, strips. So while we do credit you as the main writer on this run of newspaper strips, you weren't the first uh, to do this. you basically hold on also my place first off uh it was max allen collins who had been doing the writing along with marshall rogers doing the art uh share with us then from what you can recall how you ended up replacing max allen collins as the writer on these um there was i'm i'm rapidly i'm rapidly trying to remember if I was sworn to secrecy about any of this, uh, <laughs> because there was, there was a, it was it so many things, so, so many things that were involved with DC at that time. Mm-hmm. You had a whole bunch of people, you know, like sitting in a closet and getting on each other's nerves. And uh, so, uh, Max Allen Collins uh, uh, and uh, Mike Gold, who was the Uber editor of DC at the time, uh, uh, had been really, really good friends. And then, as such things happen, they were they were less good friends, and uh, and so. Uh, Max uh, I'm trying to think if it was if it was it, it should, you know these stories should all be 
well, we just had creative differences. But that isn't always true. It's it's the creative differences were, were sparked by the fact that at some point you just decide you hate each other. And uh, <laughs> so uh, and I think because if you'll remember Max was also doing um, the regular uh, Batman book for a while and got got involved in the uh, uh, the whole Jason Todd getting killed or having to be killed thing and I was not thankfully I was not really involved in very much of that mm-hmm. but it was uh, they decided that that they would they would actually open it up as a as a referendum on Jason Todd and you could vote on whether or not he should be killed and i know this because that thanksgiving all my cousins uh, gathered we all were gathered around the uh, the groaning board uh, or handing out our midwestern turkey and why did you let them do that, Bill? <laughs> why did you let them kill Robin? <laughs> yeah, why did you let them kill Robin? And why are you know? And they're and they're actually asking people, putting putting it up to a vote as to whether or not a child should be murdered, and, <laughs> and so forth. And, you know, and and all the real answers to that are like, well, actually, you know that he's a drawing, don't you? And, <laughs> and he's real the son and then you know he's uh and it, it's more more of a concept and 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 besides it was an embarrassment that he hadn't caught on with anybody so of course they killed him because mm-hmm. that's what dc does well none of those answers were the answers they wanted to hear and I also tried to explain to them that DC did not really consult its freelancers as to how what sort of editorial judgments they should make over over their most popular characters. And uh, so uh, I honestly do not remember if Max at that point you know how much max was being was being blamed for this whole thing because everyone was realizing that everything that they were doing to make make things better like eliminating jason todd and 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 so forth was just making it worse and because if this was happening in michigan over Thanksgiving, it was happening everywhere, mm-hmm. and uh, and to say, oh well, the fans get a chance to decide. Nobody is going to. Nobody is actually going to vote to have something less interesting happen. <laughs> That's very true. 
<laughs> they're they're always you know if if the death no death they're always going to flip the, flip the uh flip it over to death uh because there's no uh you know there's no sense of responsibility for this it's mm -hmm. just and he is after all drawing and so all of that um and so i think uh it was somewhere along this, this at this point that uh that people liked the sort of approach in general that uh, Max had been taking, and he got a chance to uh, to write the Dick Tracy strip instead, <laughs> and mm -hmm. so he just, you know, no, everybody's blaming me. I'm going to go away, and uh, and so uh, I had just joined up more or less with uh, with uh, with DC and I was supposed I was what I was supposed to be there for was doing uh, uh, wasteland their uh, their psychological horror comic and but that had taken a long time to organize it take, took a much longer time to organize than they thought it would um, because there's you know, you don't just have one writer and you know you 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 ended up with two writers and five artists and so it just it just seemed like it was uh it was just taking forever and yeah. so so uh said, well so so my my gold said to me well would you be interested at all in doing uh uh well, I can't tell you what you'd be doing yet, Ooh. but uh, but it's a it's a uh, a satire and a and a, and a, and using one of DC's most established characters and uh, very political. Interesting. And so, sorry. so, so I I assumed that it, that uh, Howie Chaikin was leaving Blackhawk. And Ooh. so I spent a week uh, reading about Blackhawk and 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 air combat and World War II and all that. Well, it turned out to be the Flash. Huh. And I said, yeah. "The Flash is political." And he said, "Well, it is now. I guess it is now. Yeah, it's 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 sort of political, and and besides." It's it's our it's our character, so we can be political if we want him to be. <laughs> so that was, so that was. I I sat down. Mike very very quickly uh, had to had to put out fires somewhere else in D, at, at DC. So uh, I ended up with uh, uh, with another editor. Mm. Whose name is Barbara? His name, her name was Barbara, and it was Randall Ke Randall Kessel. R Barbara Randall, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
we were pretty good friends and and she was very pleased with with uh as soon as soon as as soon as i did the uh the thing where you had the uh all the rogues show up at a uh sort of a desolate uh uh, uh motel uh-huh. uh and invite wally and he shows up uh she said, "Well, we obviously have the right man," and uh, <laughs> and I was actually able to sort of explain the main, the main, the main, uh, the main problem that everybody's always had with the Rogues Gallery, which is you have people that can turn base metals into gold. You can it can control the weather. They can control. They can they can, uh, you know, they have all these extraordinary powers and and yet what they're do, using them for is to knock over banks and jewelry stores and and so uh i think i was the first one to actually explain explain that because mm. uh uh my, my 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 explanation or or wally's explanation for that was that uh uh that Barry did that uh got them to to, to fight him and uh, made it turned it into a challenge and so they were doing that rather than doing what they should have been doing which was actually trying to take over the world yeah mm. um so that was fun and, and actually was able to bring everybody back four or five times from that from that initial meeting and uh so let's see so was that that was that that i think was so 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 that was the regular the regular book and now mm-hmm. i should be telling you about uh the the actual uh, the actual comic strip, um, and I right. it's and I don't know how many of you have actually written comic strips before, but they're enormously complicated. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like trying to uh, trying to assemble a rotary engine uh, while it's running. Um, <laughs> the uh because you've got you've got like your three panels and the first panel is supposed to be doing a summarizing or reminding everybody what was in the in the last strip and then you have one one panel that will advance the action and then you have another panel that will foreshadow What's going to happen in the next strip? And that's uh, and so and then when when you get when you get into the weekend, not all newspapers have Saturday editions, but mm-hmm. some of them do. So you have to figure out a way to to do your do your your three panel strip on Saturday that doesn't do anything. Mm. 
It doesn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, then you get to Sunday, and Sunday is either usually either either uh, three uh, three tiers, usually with the title overhead, or two tiers. So you drop out that top panel, but of course it doesn't drop out everywhere. Mm -hmm. You have to do something with it. And then you have to uh, uh, and then you then you have to do the uh, uh, and so then you have like like these two tiers that so you might have four uh, you know four panels five panels or you might have still three panels and and you just sort of have to decide how many you're going to have for that particular week um and and look I, but you can't you can't actually advance the story very much because some people aren't getting the Sundays. Mm -hmm. And so um, it is a, it's basically a, a story that gives you a deep, uh, a deep sense of your personal one worth uh, because you just, uh, <laughs> You can never quite do it right. Uh, uh, I was I was pleased that I was able to to do it for as long as they they wanted to run it. Because, um, and I also didn't have to worry about actually introducing my own own characters because mm -hmm. my own villains because. Um, Everyone is very, very certainly back then was was very, very interested in 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 creating uh, uh, in in preserving their own their own little uh, cadre of villains. Um, so the first the first villain was the introduction of uh, of the Joker. That was the one that Max did. And then I had uh, hmm. Catwoman. Wait, no, uh, Penguin. Sorry. Yeah, Penguin. And mm -hmm. uh, and then I think uh, and then after that was uh, was that Two Face or was there one in between? Then you brought the Joker back for a whole storyline with um, people trying to take over the city. Um, so, sorry, I I. Um, yeah, and then after that, you had a, a Joker on trial, and then you built up to Two Face mm -hmm. um, all throughout oh. that, and then Two Face showed up, and so yeah, you you spent the, you spent several story arcs building up Two Face. It was pretty great. Yeah, that was, uh, and I was uh, I was I the one thing I was always very pleased with was uh uh. Because I, I, 
because I was really pushing the fact that they had actually known each other since college and mm-hmm. were good guys and 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 you know he's desperately trying to keep Two Face from not being a total villain, mm-hmm. and I think some of that worked its way into uh, into the movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my at the at the end they face off against each other and uh and uh and Bruce actually takes off his mask and he says I've taken my mask off you take your mask off now mm-hmm. and of course uh, he didn't actually mean he had to rip off his face <laughs> uh, because that would have made him psychotic. That'd be a completely different ending. Yes, it would, it so would. much already. <laughs> uh, we have it pulled up right here as well for our uh, YouTube audience of that ending, and we uh, definitely sung a lot of praises for that in the last episode where we covered that. Um, and we definitely have a whole bunch of questions as well on uh, your take on Harvey. But uh, I'll pass on the next question over to uh, John. Yes. Okay. So I was wondering, uh, how did you approach the task of continuing where Collins left off? Were you given any editorial direction, like to tie it in further with the Batman 89 film? Or did you have free reign to kind of chart your own course? Well, basically, we were... uh, We thought that the second movie was going to come up a lot faster than it than it did Mm. and uh and so essentially uh um it just the 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 impetus of of us uh doing a batman comic strip began to fade away uh, was was harder and harder to to keep the uh, uh, the newspapers that we had and and all of that. Uh, it would have been nice if they had actually, you know, arranged it so that we had another movie to sort of give us another boost. Mm-hmm. But they didn't, and so uh, so so that was some of it. I was. Uh, there was a, let's see, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I was, Mike Gold was still the editor for the newspaper strip. And I was trying to, uh, I, I did sort of a, it looked like I, I, I got involved in a, in a prison riot at one point. And I felt like uh, it turned out that that the prisoners had been promised things, and they and they weren't being uh, uh, and they they hadn't hadn't been delivered, and so Batman was was felt like you know he had to deliver on some of this stuff and. And have sort of a soft ending for the for the prison riot, and Mike said, "Well, no, you can't do that. 
You can't, it has to be, uh, you can do anything you want with, with Bruce Wayne, but Batman has to have a certain attitude towards crime and authority and all of that. Um, and and that was one of the reasons that I, I had I, <laughs> Batman uh, pull off his mask at the end because mm. uh, you know I could I could I didn't know whether I was going to get my head handed to me for that. <laughs> but that was uh, uh, to show one of his iconic villains who he really was, you know, but. I had been told I could do anything I wanted to with Bruce Wayne, so there you go. True, it's definitely Bruce Wayne doing that. <laughs> yeah, and so I, uh, I very much wanted something. I wonder what it was. Uh, I, I, oh well, somewhere where I was talking, I, I remembered there was also the origin of Robin. Ah, yes, was 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 in there too. And that distracted me from being coherent. <laughs> so um, let's see what uh, hmm. try asking me another question. And, and... <laughs> okay, all Andy. right, I, yeah. yeah. So, uh, do I call you William, Bill, Mister, Mister Lobes? What should I call you? First of all, well. Mr. Lobes was my father. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Will, William well, Will. Although Messner is actually was actually my wife's name. So, uh, but I am I am Bill. That's, Bill. That's who, okay. Yeah. Cool. And, All right. Uh, in fact, I've always thought it really funny that you will occasionally see people who are very formal say William quotation marks. Bill, Lobes, uh, right, right, like, right. Like, <laughs> really? really? Is, is there a? I guess it could also be Will, like Will Eisner. But you know, gen genuinely, uh, do you have to explain that, that 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 Bill is short for William at this stage? Uh, <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> That's true. All right. So, well, oh, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Okay, uh, well, we've we've heard you work with Carmine Infantino, and we heard that he was a quote unquote spirited character. Uh, first off, I want to know, it was he in the mafia? <laughs> uh, uh, Carmine, as far as I know, uh, Carmine, as far as I know, wasn't. Uh, okay. Uh, although uh, Will Eisner <laughs> told me once that. Uh, when I had I had had a run in with uh, uh, with some of the some of the guys, and he said, you know, uh, DC actually uh, was created to launder mob money. Yeah, at first I like that. He was he was teaching he was teaching a course at that time, and you could actually hear the pencils dropping all <laughs> over the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> of course money laundering 101 yeah really okay um what oh, but uh 
Okay, if he wasn't, if he, if uh, Carmine Infantino wasn't in the mob himself, but uh, could you explain just what, what was it like working with Mr. Infantino? Well, of course, you have to remember, uh, Car Carmine Infantino was the guy who was writing or, or drawing The Flash when I was, when I was a kid. So okay. it, was, it was really a legendary kind of thing. And I am not the kind of person who can really sidle up to my idols right away. I, uh, mm. I, I wish I had talked to him more. But as somebody said, has said about Carmine, you know, so you're the new writer. Huh? <laughs> and it's like you, and you can smell the cigars. Oh, the man. Uh, <laughs> and uh but you know but you know the idea that we we you know we, we were so many generations apart really at that point i could talk to will eisner and, and really talk to him about you know how much fun it is to do comics and all this but you know carmine had been publisher of dc he he had he he had done a whole bunch of other things, and uh, you know to even try to talk to him about you know how how we wanted to advance the art of, of storytelling and and that he just he just not would not have understood really, but I do I do have a story because uh, when I did uh, as I as I said I was uh, doing. It's a little like having a, a plastic bug brewing into your ear. Uh, yeah, yeah. The that uh, hmm? when we were do, doing the Robin uh, hmm. storyline, um, I wrote a uh, uh, and basically it was exactly the sort of story about Robin that you would expect. I did the. The origin and the flying Graysons and Splat and the uh, <laughs> and and uh, you know he talks himself into being Robin and and all of that uh, and I had to keep it as far away from Jason Todd as I possibly could at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but but he. Uh, uh, but but uh, there was a point at which I did the uh, 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 Robin's utility belt, and then explained all the things that were in it and and so forth. Um, uh, and and I. Uh, and so I had that as a background, and then Robin eventually gets locked in a into a car, and the car is driven into the into the river, and then he then he has to escape uh, over the weekend. And I I figured out a way to do it with all the stuff that I had put in there. Well, at this point, Mike Gold had gone off to put out yet another fire at DC, and I had another. Uh, editor, uh, 
and I actually do not remember her name, but uh, she was also very nice. And and she, uh, but she but she said, you know, Bill, we have a problem because. You know, you're, you're, you've shown how to, you, you're, you, do you, do you have a way of actually getting him out of this trunk? And I said, yes, I can do it with all the things that people have seen originally in the, uh, in the story. And, and he said, uh, and she said, do you absolutely know that? Do you absolutely know that everything that you put into that script was drawn? <laughs> well, honestly, no, I don't, because uh, uh, I was not getting the paper in Detroit that that was running the Batman newspaper strip. I was... Uh, um, um, that was the Republican paper. And we we subscribe to the to the Democratic paper, and so that was. Uh, and I said, "Well, no, I actually can't." And she said, "Well, you mean they didn't ever ever send you uh, copies of the of the of the art as it was coming out?" No. You you're assuming that they respect the the writers, <laughs> and they and they you know and they obviously don't. Uh, so she said, "Well, I'm going to have to go and actually get a copy of this and see if Carmine actually drew everything that you put into your script, because uh, because if not, then there's going to have to be a plan B." For how you, uh, for how you free them, for how you free him. So for two hours, while I waited for her to call back, I tried to think up a plan B. There was no plan B. It was <laughs> only the plan A. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, I. Uh, And so I, I I I talked to her. I talked to them, and I, uh, and 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 she came on, and she said, "Yes, he drew every last single thing that you wrote in your script." Hmm. Yeah. And uh, so I I felt really good about that, and I was very inclined to call up Carmine, and say, "What?" I'm glad you're a professional. <laughs> you saved my ass. <laughs> you know, it would have been incredibly embarrassing for me. None of these were concepts that I knew that Carmine would really understand, you know. Hmm. Of course he drew everything that was on the script. That's that's his job. Right. It's, you know, it isn't. And so I... Uh, so I never, I never did, I did, I did think that you know, the next time I I met him at a comic book convention, 
because uh, he occasionally would come in for comic book conventions, especially the big, the big uh, Motor City convention here in Detroit. And I would, I might, you know, I might actually have something to talk to him about for once. And I would, I would do that. And I, uh, so he appeared, he appeared at the, uh, it took about two years, but, but he showed up and he was all surrounded by, by minders and, <laughs> and all that. Uh, and, and I said, uh, you know, could, uh, and 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 so I, I walked over and I said, you know, hi, my name is uh, Bill Mister Lobes. I'm I'm I was the writer on uh, on, uh, on on the Batman newspaper strip, and I uh, and uh, and he said, uh, Bill, who? And I said, Bill, Bill Mester Lobes. I, I was your uh, the writer on 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 the Batman newspaper strip. He said, Oh, no, I was I was the uh, I was the artist on the Flash. And I said, Well, yes, you were. I I I I, I grew up uh, reading that, but no, see, I I was the writer, and then I looked around and I realized why. There were so many minders around him, <laughs> and uh, and I said, and I grew up reading the Flash, and you were always my favorite artist. Mm. So if you want to say something nice to one of your idols, don't hold off to do, do it. You should always do it mm. as soon as you think about it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, Zach, you had a question about uh, Harvey Dent stuff. Yeah, um, I just wanted to talk about Harvey Dent for a little bit because as you were talking about earlier, this appears to be the first comic where Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent are friends, and that's something that carried over into um, Batman the Animated Series, the uh, Telltale video games, and the New 52, so... What led to this creative decision to make Harvey and Bruce friends? Uh, well, the imp- we had a kind of sense in the first Batman, uh, the first Michael Keaton Batman, uh, about that 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 they could be allies, and so I just sort of I just sort of took it from there. I. They're about the same age, and uh, and they're really, you know, in in any of the flashbacks and stuff that they did about Harvey Dent in Batman that I'd ever read, there wasn't much talk at all about what he what what exactly how he was as a district attorney. But I figured, you know, he would be a uh, he would be the sort of uh, district attorney that that. Batman would like Mm -hmm. and there seemed to be as I say there seemed to be a certain amount of attempt at rapprochement uh, between Batman and and the DA Uh, and uh, because after all you know I mean in in Gotham City you're you're either hideously corrupt (laughs) 
and psychotic, <laughs> or or you're sort of a guy that you can get along with. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so that, that I, I thought that was probably what was going on there. If he was friends with with Jim Gordon, he was probably friends with Harvey Dent. Uh, so that was, uh, and again, you know, the, uh, this was what Bruce Wayne was doing and I was allowed to do anything I wanted to with Bruce Wayne. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I just went ahead and did it and I, you know, I mean, it's not like, uh, Mike Gold couldn't pick up a phone. It's, it's, it's true. Although, frankly, there is so little communication that goes on mm. in these big corporations. Uh, <laughs> it takes them years and years and years to uh, to actually find out what you're doing in a different corner of the universe. But <laughs> wow, I think I think I'm. Uh, I'm I'm destroying all of your uh, uh, our perceptions of uh, what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, sort of about DC. Nah. Well, I I had a suspicion that this was something that was your decision and not something that some big editor had told you to do. You know, it seemed like that was something that came from a writer. Yeah, it um, and not to mention the fact that you know. Especially this, because, you know, DC had had, had the chance to do, to, to, to join the, the, the creator syndicate, which we all found amusing. Uh, even even the, the folks at DC found that amusing, that they were part of the creator syndicate. Uh, but with this, with this, uh, with this new Batman. Uh, but it really wasn't, you know, it wasn't strongly connected to the comic books at that point. And it wasn't really strongly connected to the movies. So I don't think, I don't think they were watching the hen house very closely either. <laughs> it's probably true too. Uh, unless, also unless I made, made, you know, Batman too much of a of a liberal wimp, uh, <laughs> but uh, that was the only thing that I ever really got feedback about oh, from DC. Really? Yeah, interesting. The, uh, when I was when I was trying to have him fix this this prison riot, was but, Carmine Republican? Um. It would be it would be very difficult. Uh, I, well, Republican meant a little something different back then. Okay. Than than it does now. It it you know you didn't necessarily have to be psychotic. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but but, uh, but, what are you uh, talking about? <laughs> 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 but you know it was uh you know and honestly 
you know, I'm up here in Livingston County. Uh, and, and it's a pretty Republican area anyway. Uh, but, uh, and, and most of my, and, and most of my poor abused relatives are all, uh, Republican too. But, uh, anyway, we had a, uh, was he, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Okay, was, just if he was. I was just doing a hell mary pass on that one. <laughs> yeah. Find out all there is on karma. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the, this feedback though that you got in terms of uh, Batman being quote unquote too much of a liberal wimp. This is from just to this clarify is from from Mike Grell, Mike Mike Gold saying that. Ah, okay. Just, uh, Okay. You know, you you Batman has to have a certain a certain attitude. He has to face a certain way. Mm -hmm. But but you can do anything you want with Bruce Wayne. So interesting. Okay. He may have ended up regretting that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we probably don't because of the fact that there was a lot with Bruce Wayne that you did in the strip that I think feeds into, as you said, a lot of the Harvey Dent stuff that comes up later on in other adaptations. So even if that was stuff that Mike Gold personally, whether or not he cared for it or not, we don't know, but uh, it's definitely something that other people caught on to as like, oh, hey, that's a good idea. Let's continue off of that. We see that in the animated series and the video games, everything that Zach listed out uh, as well. Um, I had another question in terms of the Harvey stuff, which is that there is uh, sort of the first time in the newspaper strip, we sort of have this famous image that I'm pulling up for the YouTube audience of the, uh, the trio of Mr. Gordon, Harvey Dent, and Batman on a rooftop. Um, Dent's obviously a little bit more anti-Batman than in other interpretations in this, but this is kind of the first time that they're up here together and discussing a case. And we would end up seeing this in another comic that would come up, which was around the same time, uh, which was the uh, Eye of the Beholder. And then that gets carried over into the Long Halloween, which then gets carried over into the Dark Knight. It's just basically one uh, thing feeding into another, you could say. So I guess one of my questions on this is, uh, was this somewhat of a coincidence that there, we kind of have the development of Harvey Dent happening around the same time, both in the comics and the newspaper strip, because as you said, like there's not really a ton of, um, there wasn't really a ton of connection between the comics and the comic strip at the time, the newspaper strip at the time. Uh, but it looks like around 1990, something was in the air. You wanted to explore Harvey more. Andrew Helfer, who wrote the eye of the beholder, which is on the left here, wanted to explore Harvey more. Uh, your comic strip has the, two-headed coin be something that was a gift that Bruce gave him, so it's symbolic to him. Um, and then it's a gift from, well, not really a gift, but it's something from his abusive father in the comic version. And this is kind of the first time that Harvey even has a coin that has value to him as opposed to just being the mobster's coin, which is in the Two-Face origin. So I guess the question is, is this partially just you talking to Andrew Helfer about anything, or is this all just coincidence that this is happening at the same time? Um... Well, I think I think if you're if you think about things, very often you'll come to the same sort of conclusion. Mm -hmm. uh, no, Andy and I did not really do that much chatting, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, 
No, no, we didn't do that. Gotcha. Uh, he was in a he was sort of in a different part of the of the DC universe. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, freelancers really didn't get a chance to talk that much to high level editors either. I hear uh, he was my editor for a while on the uh, uh, Justice League International that I wrote. Uh, but that was about the closest we ever came. Gotcha. All right. What is, remind me, there. I, I should just know this off the top of my head, but I don't. Uh, who, I'm, I'm trying to remember an inker. Uh, uh, Vinny Coletta. Vinny Coletta was, was an, uh, and he was the art director who <laughs> informed me that I would never ever work for DC, uh, because my stuff was too terrible. Um, <laughs> okay, and from his point of view, you know, I, uh, my my pre-journey stuff was pretty crude. Uh, I remember him sitting at a, sitting at a, a drawing table and having big uh, big drape, big chains draping over his uh, over his chest hair. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was uh, it was. And, and my my friend Mike Gustavich had gone in with me uh, to try to break into DC, and Mike actually got work from that meeting. Uh, but uh, I uh, I felt like I had completely lost any chance I'd ever had to work in comics, and Mike had to keep 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 me from throwing myself into New York traffic. On the way back, Jason. Uh, it gave me a certain amount of pleasure to find out that the thing that people knew Benny Coletta about was actually he was connected. For one thing, he used well, to go, bring, uh, bring minor mob people into DC and prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a comics game, baby. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, he. Uh, uh, oh shit! <laughs> Go on. <laughs> well, Mike Gold told me a story where where he was. Uh, uh, they they were visiting Vinny Coletta at his uh, at his uh, palatial estate in California, and they uh, and he said that was the day I realized that they are, we we knew that 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 Vinny Coletta was turning into a hack because he was uh, uh, he said they said well you know. You know, you're, he said, I just got a new contract and I can pay for this by, and I, all I have to do is like 10 pages a day. And he said, 
inking 10 pages a day? How can you possibly do that? And he said, well, you just, you just, uh, instead of having like a, uh, in, instead of having a big, uh, uh, like, like all this detail and all that shit that they put in to the pencils, you just do lines. You do these, these like Flash Gordon lines over the back and that, and, and so you can, you can probably turn out eight to 10 pages and then I'll, you know, hire some college kids to, to do a little bit of inking and fill in the blacks and it'll be easy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Bring the prostitutes in to do that job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure it happened for at least one panel. Nicoletta, for what it's worth, his legacy now is basically he's considered the man who ruined Jack Kirby's art. That oh, is, yeah, I did hear that. Yeah, That was, <laughs> that was sort of nice, too. He's pretty well, um, not well remembered uh, the by the current... The last, the distant last generations of fans. Well, he's also the, the fellow that was remembered for having created inadvertently the crusty bunkers where Neil Adams and a whole bunch of other people uh, got together and would ink stories where they might have hired Coletta to do them. And so they keep as many pencils away from him as possible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had heard that. But he wouldn't get fired because he was connected. <laughs> well, I don't under you know that's the thing. I mean, there were people that were under contract, and uh, and and Vinny was was there for a long time, and okay. so you know I th I think that's probably more the answer. And he might have been a nice guy if if he'd never pissed you off. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh uh, man! Before we go to the break, uh, I wanted to give Andrew the next uh, question regarding kind of this visual that we brought up with the last question of the uh, the rooftop scene. Oh mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, now, who, who is this? Who wrote this? Do we know? Well, uh, on the left is Andrew Helfer's Eye of the Beholder, the Two Face Origin. Uh, so that's kind of around the same time, also 1990, as your comic strip. So that's mm -hmm. why uh, John and I had a discussion back when we did this uh, episode on the, your newspaper strip on like, wait, which one came first? Because they're both 1990. And John, I think you found that yours actually beat Helfer's to the punch. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's that. And then at the top of, um, on the top right here, we have the long Halloween from Jeff Loeb singular uh not related i know um mm -hmm. and then underneath that i think inspired by the long halloween but maybe not having been exposed to previous versions was the dark knight movie mm. yeah there i think everything is sort of fed into itself over the yeah. years uh mm -hmm. and that was uh i liked i liked the uh uh I'm trying to think myself. I think all I knew uh, Andrew Helfer uh, from from at that point was that uh, really wonderful uh, thing that he did with the shadow. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, and I I never really understood how how people could be editors and writers 
both and 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 keep everything straight but uh but then the other thing was that people were paid so badly as editors at dc that uh they were all desperate to break in as freelancers as well which is where all the the only money you could actually get was Mm-hmm. It's the All reason right. people are always jumping. I mean, like uh, uh, Brian Augustine and, and uh, Mark Wade and all those people. You know, as mm. soon as they could, they they, they uh, started to get freelance work, at least from other editors, because uh, uh, that's the only way you could make a living. That's crazy. I would have thought that the freelancers would have been paid worse than the the salaried editors. Because imagine many freelancers would be people who would, I imagine, want to jump at the chance of writing comics and would accept it for peanuts. Some of them. I mean, anyway. Well, that was certainly the theory that uh, Marvel and DC had anyway. Yeah. Uh, But uh, it also depended on how long you'd been there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was getting, uh, towards the end, I was getting $120 a page for writing. So mm-hmm. if you got, if you were doing a couple of books, a couple, three books, and you weren't being eaten alive with inflation, uh, mm-hmm. you could, you could make a pretty good living at that. And of course, if you happen to be writing the max then you were actually able to do better than that. <laughs> because Image treated their, uh, the, their, the talent better? Well, certainly Sam Keith treated the talent better. Uh, mm-hmm. he, uh, I bought a house. I was able to buy a house uh, from what I from making from the Max. And, and, uh, oh, nice. Wow. Wow. That's cool. He was able to buy a bigger house. and he bought it in california even better (laughs) well to some people anyway (laughs) (laughs) so uh when you watch the dark knight or any of the nolan batman movies did you feel like some of your work seeped into the movie that you're watching on screen, like something that was definitely part of what you were doing specifically when you were writing Batman? Hmm. As far as Joker creating chaos or rooftop scenes or whatever? Um, to me, that's just naturally where Batman would end up, would be right. on a rooftop. Right, right. And there, and I grew up with the bat signal and Batman coming onto rooftops back when I was, uh, you know, fourteen or fifteen. Mm-hmm. So it, it seems like a perfectly natural thing. I, I wouldn't, I would not assume for him to be anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. <clears throat> I think Andrews uh, were referring to this specific scene with Harvey and. Commissioner Gordon, sort of the, mm. the bonding on there. But I guess that's a natural place for them to meet because of the whole bat signal rooftop, as you were saying. Yeah, it's, and I, uh, 
no, I don't think so. I think uh, I, I honestly, I actually didn't see much of of my work, uh, and of course, I'm I'm actually much more interested, frankly, in uh, the the work that seeped into uh, into Flash and Wonder Woman. Mm. Mm. Than it than it was than than I was into into Batman, which is a pretty minor part of my life, actually. If you think about it, I uh, I was pleased. You know, you like to look back and you say, "Oh, well, I got to write all these all these characters," and and I and I and I and I was able to to do this and that but to actually be able to bear down on on characters like you know like Diana uh, I was I, w- I was honestly very pleased that I got a a a, uh, a mention at the end of the Wonder Woman movie oh yeah yeah uh, mm-hmm. I was especially pleased because I was there with my wife and and she, we were sitting there waiting to get out, and and she said, "You're there, you're there, there." Mm. <laughs> and it turns out that my friends were all over the city, and they were all yelling at the screen because they all got to see my name. So it's <laughs> awesome. Know. So that was that was better than most things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Imagine that's cool. It's awesome. Well, <clears throat> on that positive note, we're going to take a quick break, but we will be back to discuss more on Harvey Dent and the newspaper strip and uh, what Bill's up to right now. So stay tuned. All right. Awesome. Quick break. <laughs> quick break. Quick break. I'm going to reset. In this quarter on the Greenlit Podcast Network, Chris Sibbs and Matt Wilson. And in this quarter, VHS oddities, confusing animation, and modern not-so-classics. Plus snacks, movie fighters. We watch movies and beat them up. Lord have mercy, y'all. Do you like hounds? Do you enjoy pooches? Do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines? Talking about dogs, y'all. As you might have heard, Superhero Stuff You Should Know has now teamed up with BarkBox. For every month, you get a box for your special canine. Pooches. Or hounds. That's right. One free extra month if you go to BarkBox.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod. Follow the link and you'll get a free extra month valued at $35 and valid for all multi-length plans. So get the BarkBox for your hound, for your pooch, for your canine. Your doggo will thank you. Next question I'm going to give to the authority on Two-Face and Harvey Dent himself. John, take it away. Hi. So, yeah, yeah um, <laughs> your take on Harvey Dent, which I could talk about, like, at length, but will not hear. Uh, it was by far the most in-depth we've seen of him up to that point. It, it really making him a, a complex character before he became a villain. I wanted to know, why did you decide to make him so much more than just another colorful antagonist? Did you always plan on giving him an arc where he gets redeemed? Uh, Well, you always hope that you can do an arc where he's going to be redeemed. 
Um, but you always know that you never know when you're going to have have your have the ground cut out from under you, hmm. because you never know when when your book is going to be canceled, or your strip is going to be canceled. No matter what the pre- no matter what promises they've made to you, they will always lie. <laughs> and I see I see this not just not just because you know it isn't just DC, it isn't just Marvel. It's it's uh, it's anybody with power. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you look at look at the. Uh, Look at the, uh, the the musical chairs that you have with one one uh, director after another ending up on uh, uh, you know Garden, Guardians of the Galaxy or or uh, or the Suicide Squad or mm-hmm. you know it's there's there's somebody always being undercut and there's somebody always being brought up because they think he's the fair-haired boy now and uh so i sort of knew that and i sort of knew you know we had been half promised that we would be able to maybe last as long as uh last into the next Batman movie. Um, but, uh, which, which you know, so I was hoping that I would have, have some room to do some of these other things. But again, I was just being fed villains uh, that, uh, that, that Mike Gold wanted to preserve. Uh, he, uh, because there, it was really, you know, there was really blood on the floors over these villains. You can see that you have a, if somebody's considered to be a, a weak editor of a, of a book, then all of a sudden, um, Gorilla Grodd isn't there anymore. He's, he's over here. And, uh, you know. Uh, Captain Boomerang is is uh, is uh, is gone now too. You know they they were just people strong editors would come in and just lift these these charismatic villains out and uh, and take them away. And uh, so I. Uh, And the other thing you ought to keep in mind is that uh, depending on exactly how you count, I was writing either four or five comics a month when I was doing this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had I had at most uh, uh, a week or a... Or a uh, yeah, a, a week's worth of writing that I could do on the Batman newspaper strip um, for that month. And then I had to 
pretty much forget about it. I was I was very fortunate because I was writing all kinds of different books. So it wasn't like I so these weren't at all just the the same characters with the lines drawn on different parts of their bodies. Uh, um, you know, Dr. Fate and uh, and Batman and uh, Flash and uh, and Wolverine McAllister. They were a lot of characters, but I, I was not likely to get them confused in my mind. Yeah. And so, uh, so, so that was good. And uh, and I got uh, I got Wonder Woman because of Doctor Fate. Come to think of it, I was mm. uh, I, uh, I I brought her on as one of our endless crossover series and uh and she and dr fate uh because because wonder woman was was super tough and dr fate could do almost anything they ended up having a picnic on the moon (laughs) (laughs) and that uh and that just uh that tickled the uh, current editor of wonder woman and uh and he asked me to come on and, and do Wonder Woman when uh, when they needed somebody new. So, mm. so that was, uh, yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm sort of, uh, uh, battling for time here because I'm trying to think of uh, if I ever really thought that uh that i would have uh have more to do with with harvey dent and i didn't because i figured that when we finished that eight week thing you know then uh there would be another villain that i was supposed to do so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I, i think at the very end when I got to the point where I was, when I was doing their big confrontation, uh, I knew that the that the strip was ending at that point. So I, mm-hmm. I did want to, I did want to give the the strip a nice ending to it. One of the, I think one of the things that was always buzzing around my head was, uh, should I be bringing Robin back? Because we pretty much just had the, you know, the the, the intro to Robin, and then, mm-hmm. and then, I was thinking about other things. And uh... honestly, I did not miss Robin in the final story. Uh, well, I also, forgot. <laughs> but also, you used Robin in the the Riddler story you did, which was right before that, and you used mm-hmm. him actually really really well too there. So I felt like. Robin had gotten another chance to actually shine outside of his origin so that you were then able to, it felt, it felt like you could just focus on going back to Bruce and Harvey focused stuff with the new villain. Yeah, it was all planned. It was all planned. (laughs) So, so good. So good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I, boy, 
I did a Riddler section too. Yeah, it wow. was it was hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious, yes. It was your really it it was your most humorous um, story arc, and it was it was hilarious. I feel I feel very bad. I they were all they were just teetering on the on the edge of turning uh on on turning Riddler into a full time private eye. Yeah. And you know, Ooh, and even that early and, on, and and that it seemed like that was the way to go. You should have, you know, everybody should. You just can't. You just can't always have the same kind of person. You just mm-hmm. can't, you know. Oh well, we have a whole bunch of criminals, and then we have a whole bunch of heroes, and. Isn't it too bad? I, I can remember letter column after letter column when I was a kid, and people would write in and say, "Why don't you just? Why don't they? You know? Why don't the villain heroes just kill off the villains, and then everything would be good?" And of course, <laughs> and you have to, you know, you have to say, "Well, no, that is not. Not only is that not a good idea uh, in 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 real life, but." You have to, you know, you built in all these ambivalent characters. That's the, that's the reason I always had ambivalent characters and ambivalent villains. That, that like, uh, well, famously the Pied Piper, but uh, mm-hmm. because you don't you don't want to just be able to just kill people off at random, uh, as we're finding out now. Uh, now you want there to be character growth that right. keep the characters around. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you should be a a, a, a DC publisher. You see, <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it, but I uh, always think about what Jack, I, I think about what Jack Kirby said about comics will break your heart, kid. I, uh, I know it's just just hearing this is just a reminder of how it, it can be. It sounds like a very thankless, yeah. thankless job. So. It's also better to to be the two things that really I thought I thought made my career not only endurable but but but, but pleasant and fun was I had a book of my own that I I cared about and that uh, and that I'd already established by the time I, I started writing for DC. Um, and then uh, I was living in Michigan. So I wasn't part of the blood sport that, that, that took place uh, where all the editors got together and tried to kill each other at, on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, I would have to I would have to talk my uh, my friends who were editors at DC uh, from throwing themselves out of the windows uh, after those Wednesday meetings. Jesus. <laughs> well, on a lighter note, over to Zach on a question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, do you remember your plans for the strip had it been allowed to continue? Uh, further developments for Bruce and Harvey, new returning villains, and 
we had been speculating that there was a cameo uh, of Clayface in the final story, uh, at least a lumpy-faced villain quoting Hamlet. So, yeah, yeah do you remember any of your plans uh, had the strip been able to continue? Oh. Hmm. It looks like I did have that idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that could be Clayface. Uh, it looks like I didn't really describe Clayface very well for, for Carmine. For Carmine. Uh, I feel like he should know better considering how long he was in comics. Well, yeah. You know, the other thing you should think about, though, when you when you think about his work here, um, was he was being heavily inked by by editor by 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 inkers who loved him, mm-hmm. but that but on the other hand, so they were trying to fix things, mm. and he had extremely bad arthritis. Um. Uh, and was and he had what did he have? He had that that disease where you where you have to have your hands amputated on. That was what it was. Uh, Jeez. And so his hands were kind of healing through a lot of his work there, and and the fact that like like sometimes his like Bruce Wayne's. Uh, uh, a forehead was kind of slanted way back, and uh, so that was partially Carmine's style, but it was also partially, uh, I think he was having a little trouble controlling things. Um, but you know, I, I, I saw him, I saw his work after this, and uh. And so I, I think his hands got better too. So it was that was that was more or less just a a happy ending. But uh, his uh, uh, but I know I know I do notice that I I I had uh, Catwoman mm-hmm. in one of those things. I'll pull it up. Yep. So I think I think in fact I was probably hoping that the next one was going to be Catwoman. Uh, and uh, oh, and I and I see that I was referring to her as the Catwoman. In, <laughs> I was I was that generation where it was it was it was a it was a really good idea to be referring to Batman as the Batman. But, but on the other hand, Flash was not the Flash anymore. He was Flash. So we tried to keep things moving. <laughs> All right. Uh, John, you had the uh, next one about uh, sort of the strips and the collections. Yeah. Um, for years, I've wondered why this strip has never been collected, even though we've seen other reprints of like other of the other Batman strips like from the 40s and also from the 60s. Without naming names, I can attest personally that one publisher has expressed interest in collecting and publishing them, but they cannot secure their go-ahead from the rights holder, whoever that is. 
I've tried inquiring at DC, but being just a no-name geek, I've never gotten any headway. Can you think of any reason why the strip has never been reprinted when all the others have? You mean aside from this interview? Uh, no, I uh, no, I I actually can't because I've seen I've seen occasionally people for for one reason or another have put excerpts uh, a panel or two to say oh and Bill did this. Mm-hmm. Um. And the thing is, you know, DC went through the whole being switched from from being Warner Books to being Warner Brothers to uh, a bunch of other things, and so I have I have no idea who would actually be the rights holder. I don't know if it because they they may have had to have done something legal to. Uh, to be a part of uh, of creator syndicate, um, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Carmine got hold of a uh, you know a bigger chunk of the thing because I don't know what. You know, he was he was actually the publisher of DC for a while. Um, so I I I have no idea what uh, why why that's never been reprinted. Chris, I was surprised when I when all my uh, Wonder Woman were suddenly reprinted. Yeah, I don't know if I have an angel somewhere in in DC watching out for me or, <laughs> or what. Um, I don't really know what uh, how I would how I would vote on that. I uh, well, no, I would I would always like to have something to sign at conventions. <laughs> and and my wife my wife is is uh, still reminds me occasionally that I never showed her any of my. Uh, any of my comic strip work, uh, any of the Batman strips uh, before I before they were published. So I would like to be able to have her have something that she could read. Yeah. Uh, although the only reason that happened was 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 just time. I mean, as I say, you know, every every uh, I had to I had to go through five write five books or the equivalent of five books uh, every every uh, five weeks so you you, uh, you run along mm-hmm. Andrew you have the next question all right yeah so um, moving on from that uh, you've been working in comics since since uh, 1981. And I was just wondering, which story or run do you consider your proudest accomplishment? Journey. Any hero journey? journey? Absolutely. Hmm. Um, although I also like 
I was when uh, when the publisher or prospective publisher of uh, Piranha Press approached me, I pitched him pretty much just out of my head. Uh, uh, Epicurus the Sage. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's all the stuff that you, that I came up with that, that nobody had ever tried before. And nobody, and, you know, that really is, is the stuff that, that makes me happy. Uh, Amazonia was an idea that was mine all the way from the beginning to the end. And uh, do we know Amazonia? The Wonder Woman story? The Elseworlds one? The Wonder Woman Elseworlds story? Yes. That one has continued, That her outfit from that continues to be an iconic uh, recurring um, uh, Wonder Woman alternate costume that I keep seeing. It has, so it has, def, it has endured as a a notable, um, very important Wonder Woman story. Good, good. I'm, I'm so pleased. I, uh, I, I could have stood if it was a little longer, uh, but, uh, but still, I, I, I think it, I think it, uh, I think it was good. I think it, uh, I think it held up. So, mm. I wanted to ask actually, Journey is one that I actually really wanted to read, but I haven't had a chance because the collections that I can find online or, or, and there are the individual issues are kind of prohibitive. And I don't know, do you currently own the rights and are you in any, any um, uh, position to maybe try to get it put on digitally on perhaps comiXology slash Amazon? Oh, do you get paid for that? I, if you're the rights holder, I believe you do. <laughs> Probably, oh. yeah. Well, there. That's yeah. a thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, they, uh, yes. Um, well, most of that stuff uh, uh, goes through uh, goes through Mike Jones. Uh, uh, who is uh, the publisher of uh, of Yeet? Uh, mm-hmm. But and and I I think I could probably he's he's going to be back from Pennsylvania before too long, so I might ask him to look into that and see see how that even works. I have I have not the slightest clue how that would work. I think we have all the issues. Oh well, yes, I, I I believe I, I've known a few um, independent creators who do publish through Comixology, which has now been purchased by Amazon, therefore be on the the Kindle store. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not know the the, the 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 what kind of rigmarole that might be, but I would certainly love to see it commonly available to just purchase at the click of a button. That's right, or. You could show up at uh, conventions where I am, and uh, you know they cost five dollars an issue. Uh, I would love to do that, but I am unfortunately stuck uh, over here in Delaware currently, so it's kind of hard for me to get out anywhere. Well, and I'm stuck in Michigan, so unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> I I sympathize. 
So, but yeah, yeah, let's uh, let's think about this. this, is a, this is a... Right. Well, at least find it first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I do want to you know... give you a bit of an opportunity to sort of plug a lot of your current stuff. I know that you've been uh, going into independent comics. You mentioned Yeet. Um, we talked it. We even mentioned your YouTube channel, Yeet, Yeet Presents, uh, on our episode when covering that stuff. So just wanted to give you an opportunity to share with us a little bit about your current projects and where fans can find them and support you. Well, um, we've talked about a couple of things. There's a... Uh, as I uh, I got almost completely through a uh, an autobiography that uh, in in comics that I uh, but it's mostly toned and it's uh, there's a uh, I I have the I have the script that I wrote um, sadly because DC is DC. Uh, they they literally could not stand the idea that I said, well, why don't I just do it the way I, I do all the comics that I do, which is, you know, I'll I'll letter a page and and then I'll I'll draw it and then I'll write it and or I'll or I'll ink it and then I'll tone it and then it'll be done and then I'll do the next one. Oh no, we can't do it that way. No, you have to have every stage of the process editorially approved and so i i sat and I, I i did all of that and we eventually got it all done but i have to actually sit down with it and because i don't have i have like pages that are all finished but they don't have the lettering on them so i have to get the figure out how to get the lettering onto the pages that are are drawn and, and inked. So so it's that kind of a of a thing that sort of held me off from from getting that done. But that's that's like hundred hundred and twenty pages, something like that, of an autobiography that I that I have. And I've been we, so we've been been talking about doing that, and then we're talking about uh, uh, doing some. I have the next issue of uh, of Bliss Alley is uh, is uh, almost done, and, uh, and then I have various things that are that appear and have appeared in Heat Presents, including. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Flake City, which is uh, this was an idea of mine from a long time ago. Um, you may not even remember this, but uh, Dick Tracy, his adopted son Junior, hmm. became a cartoonist, and he did a he did a strip called. Uh, uh, called sawdust, and basically it's just it's just uh, like little dots on the page, and and uh, and then they they do like horrible puns about wood, 
Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't okay. do that, would you? <laughs> and and stuff like that. And but I but I always thought that was sort of a, a cute idea. It was actually an old cartoonist. All the old cartoonists were were uh, uh, were a little bitter about the new cartoonists who were doing a much simpler style like peanuts and mm-hmm. and that kind of thing and so uh they uh so that was his his sort of take on modern comics and uh but when i was doing uh I, I, every once in a while they asked me to do some teaching and and especially teaching uh, writing of co- of comics and I and I would and and so what I was tr- what I've been trying to tell people is, you know, you don't have to. You don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to. You, you might not even have to have a partner cl- to collaborate with. You can have, uh, like Alan Moore did a strip called Maxwell the Magic Cat, and all he did, all it was was him drawing Maxwell over and over and over again but it was alan moore's dialogue going on in the cat's head so Mm. it was brilliant stuff and so i said you know i I said you know you you don't have to you don't have to kill yourself you don't have to learn how to draw like neil adams in order to be able to write comics Mm -hmm. so i suggested uh uh, so I so what I wanted to do was to I, I I created a strip called Flake City, which is just snowflakes uh, living in Michigan. Actually, helps this this considerably, but and there have been four or five, maybe more pages of of Flake City in in Neat Presents, and it just goes to show you that you can do sort of interesting things with very simple drawings. And, you know, you can, it, and it doesn't have to be with, uh, it doesn't even have to be with, with, with snowflakes. It can be with, you know, you can do many, many strokes like this and mm-hmm. you're doing the, the grass talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so it, this was sort of my proof of concept that I would be able to, to show the kids how they could how they could work simply and yet in a sophisticated way as well. So that's that's in Yeet, and there's a couple other things that I've done in Yeet. I've have have uh, I have a story that I'd really like to get done before I die. Uh, that is the 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 sons of the great old ones from the Kahuthu mat uh, from from uh, mythos from H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, mm-hmm. and I thought it would be funny to have all these all the kids uh, of of these great old ones, and they are all uh, interacting in in high school as immigrants. And so I've I've got that 
kind of working too. Mm. But it's hard to get anything, any of this done when you're, uh, when there's no way to get it paid for, you know? Mm. Yeah. So and is I, there now I'm back to talking about money again. So. <laughs> <laughs> is there um, a specific website then that people can go to help support you and, and buy your stuff? Is it the Yeet Presents website? Like where it's, would you recommend them it's, go? It's the Yeet Presents website. Actually, Mike set up a complete uh, a thing where I also have all of my uh uh Uh, my my uh, all the books you can you can buy the books and send it and where you can send books in to get them signed mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and I also actually a long time ago I had a I had a page set up uh, uh, fund me. The GoFundMe, yes, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if that's that's still alive or not. But well, we did try to uh, donate, but it said that uh, it was not currently setting uh, accepting donations. Yeah, I've forgotten how that worked. It was people after things are set up for a certain amount of time, then they they send you a whole bunch of legal boilerplate mm. and say things that sound like they want you to commit to something and and I just never got around to doing it. Gotcha. But uh, I'm my own worst enemy. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's... Uh, so so yeah, I think I think the the Yeet website you can you can contact Mike Mike Jones mm-hmm. through that and and then we can uh, we can see where we can go from there. Awesome. I do want to uh, thank Mike as well. Uh, so big thanks to Mike Jones and uh, as well as to Scott. His last is it Mullen. Mullen, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, both of them helped uh, in bringing you on to this podcast. So I uh, wanted to give them a little bit of a shout out on the air. So uh, we acknowledge that. And um, this has been great in terms of uh, diving into the weeds with you on the Batman newspaper strip. And uh, of course, your other work as well. Uh, we'd love to bring you on again in terms of talking about Wonder Woman and the Flash and uh, other stuff, as well as uh, the future of uh, Yeet Presents on that stuff so that'd and be awesome. bliss alley i'm uh, i'm 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 a big fan of bliss alley so mm. uh i think there's i think you can probably only find two issues of that but uh they are as spencer tracy would say churse gotcha <laughs> all right uh we'll uh, go on the hunt for those then but yeah. uh i guess until then do you the rest of you guys have anything else before we uh wrap up I have one thing. I sure. um, uh, I wanted to take your advice, what you were saying earlier about um, saying it when you have the time, uh, and just thank mm-hmm. you for. Um, I never. I realize that this was a relatively minor. The Batman comic strip was a relatively minor blip in your career, 
uh, and it certainly sounds like it was a it was uh, a challenge. Um, <laughs> but I I really I love it. I really it is it has over the, I've sought out so many comics with a hyper focus on Two Face and things bleed out from there. And so I just sought out this one just to be a completist, and I ended up absolutely loving it. I found it to be one of the most unique and refreshing takes and satisfying takes on a character where I have literally read every single thing of him. And even though I, I, I'm just grateful that it was not only so strong throughout, despite the challenges, despite having to write through the structure of the newspaper strip that you're, that was, that you had to work with, um, but that it also ended satisfyingly in a way that almost that sure seemed planned. Um, I, 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 I imagined it might not have been, but the fact that you were able to pull it off to make it seem complete is, and that's just miraculous and it's wonderful. Right. So I wanted to thank you for that and how I would really still, I would really love to see it get reprinted and get the recognition it deserves. So thank you. Well, you know, you're very welcome, John. I, uh, I had, uh, I actually, you know, once you get used to any kind of form, uh, you get, you, you like, you know, you should have, uh, you know, if you talk to anybody who, who talks about writing comics, you know, well, you're going to, uh, you're going to have like uh, uh, bringing, you, you're going to uh, foreshadow what's going to happen on the next page and you're going to foreshadow what's going to happen on the next page after that. And it sounds mm -hmm. like it's a drudgery, but you, but you get used to it very quickly. And the same thing with this, with this thing where you where you have a whole uh, uh, where you have all these different rules, but once you get used to the rules, you, you, it isn't the drudgery that it sounds like. Yeah, the structure helps, I imagine, in some ways. It does. It actually does. Yeah. And thank you guys. I really appreciate mm. it. Yeah, uh, thank you. you. Uh, it's honored to have you. Uh, honored to have you on here. So. And you are the knight, I guess. <laughs> As it says, yes. <laughs> so, um, thank you very much for coming on. We uh, we'd love to have you back. And uh, that is superhero stuff you should know. Newt Newt commented on, is Batman the Long Halloween overrated? The last episode where we had John on saying, quote, personally, I still really enjoy the Long Halloween, not for its story, but rather what it could have been, if that makes sense. Uh, okay. It does, actually. Um, I love the individual pieces. I love the idea of someone close to Harvey betraying him by committing the very acts that he once despised. Uh, that would have been interesting to explore. Uh, I love the idea of mob families being overthrown by essentially a bunch of nobodies, and I especially love the relationships that Batman has with these characters and how it can affect the story and himself. Yet, I can admit the ball was dropped here. There are so many flaws that could have been fixed if the story was tighter, if it focused more on what it was trying to do instead of having these loose threads, but overall, I really did enjoy it. 
I love being able to talk about what makes something work and its flaws at the same time. Well, welcome to our show. Uh, <laughs> I first read this earlier this year, actually. I had been watching uh, Batman the Animated Series with my husband, and I wanted to see more Two-Face stories. The first thing that my local comic shop did was recommend The Long Halloween. Not surprised. Uh, I had read comics before, but I was particularly invested in The Long Halloween for Harvey and his character arc. I've since then moved on to other stories, but I guess The Long Halloween will always have a place within me. Haven't watched you guys before. Checked you all out because About Faces retweeted you guys. Thank you, John. And I'm glad I did. All right. Thank you, Newt Newt. And uh, Yay, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> Newt Newt. Age Newt. 16. <laughs> oh, Hollywood, California. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> Next one is on the Hulk stuff, which uh, I think John might be interested in chiming in as well uh, on sure. this. So. We did an episode on the Unmade Hulks script by Jonathan Hensley called What If the Hulk Was Made in the 90s was the episode. Uh, Will Moore commented saying, quote, As a massive Hulk fan, I really appreciate you guys making this video. I'd love to hear more about this character and many more on the channel. I'd also love to hear about the 2003 book adaptation of the Hulk film as well. It sounds interesting. I'm going to have to dig that back up. The Peter David novelization is back in my hometown, but uh, I'll be sure to reread it. And it's probably like this thick, so it's going to take a while for me to get to that, guys. Um, keep up the great work if you're interested in reading some awesome Hulk comics highly recommend Immortal Hulk it's dark it's scary and emotional as hell mm-hmm. alright no, I've heard yeah. only good things about that I mm. love it it is one of it is one of the best comic runs I've read in recent memory I, I say with no with you know with, with this is no faint praise it is the closest I've read to a successor to Alan Moore's Swamp Thing damn damn hmm high yeah. praise there <laughs> i really loved it i mm-hmm. may have some thoughts on how the ending may, might have might have stuck the landing but overall man it is so great and I, I also it's like if i wish i could read a two-face a two-face story that good because it plays with so much the same things mm, with a, I that i want to yeah. see in a really great two-face story mm-hmm. and it's and it is it, it ties into the hulk's history um all through all throughout all the way back to his earliest appearances and it's great it's great so yeah i That's second, awesome i second this recommendation wholeheartedly nice all right we'll have to check it out all right next one is from zoo entertainment saying uh this is a comment on our ranking the arkham asylums in live action film and television episode that we had where i talked about the uh, arkham asylum in titans being in the real life uh, guelph institute Zoo Entertainment says, quote, greetings from Canada. Ben did did get the pronunciation, pronunciation, did not pronounce pronunciation correctly, of Guelph <laughs> correct in his first and last attempts. It's pronounced Guelph. By the way, I'm loving these shows. Keep it up, guys. All right. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Canadian. Ah, yes. <laughs> We're expanding. Exotic. Yes. Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Over to you, Andrew. Oh, shit, guys. It's that time once again where we thank Shasta, Leom O, Super Emperor, Douglas P, Dandy, Aaron, Willett, Nick Noir, Jesse E, Jeffrey R, Scott V, Asgers Webb, Jeremy H, Alex of the What Mean Podcast, what spelled W-U-T, uh, Ian Justice, Jared P, Paul C, Jamie H, Rochelle L, Tara M, and Michael S. want to also thank... Those are our Patreon supporters, by the way. And then we have our other supporters, Spark Again, SECT Productions, Robert Schumann, Kuki Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B., Shamrock Balls, Ian H., Walter, The Wobot, 
John Wells, Rye Guy, Jackson Putnam, and Tway N, of course. Uh, and uh, please join the Patreon. The $1 tier gets you that there shout out. The $5 tier gets you a whole other show every Friday. And uh, the $10 tier brings you to the monthly meetup. And that's where we have a good old time with the fans. Uh, where we chuckle at Batman related things all together. Mm-hmm. Or DC or comic related, but mostly Batman. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, then check out uh, the Superhouse merch at Redbubble and threadless.com and I uh to remind you about zacula god damn it every fucking week man <laughs> it's fucking just i cannot remember I'm i sorry, think i'll Zach. die of shock if it ever actually shows up <laughs> it's on one of them be like, it's oh on one god. of them it's on Redbubble. threadless gave us guff though about you man man send me one with different hair i think that was the issue <laughs> um that's that's what's happening there that's the <laughs> That's the, uh, yeah, what's that? That's yeah. the, uh, what the fuck am I trying to say? Anyway, um, yeah, mugs, shirts, shower curtains, all by Stefan Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. And please send us audio of anything. I'm fucking anything at this point, guys. <laughs> it's been so long. You know, the only person that's ever done this has been Zach. <laughs> We've been doing and, this for years. A few other people. <laughs> but mainly zach no mainly yeah that's true Uh, forgive me there have been there have been a few others but like noms yeah cookie yeah it is true but like complete randos from the internet other than zach because he was a rando at first that's right like it's been like nothing so please send us a little something man farted to a microphone and he'll put it up there i mean that'd be great literally anything if it's an original fart not from fucking on the youtube audio library uh well at this point we'll put it on it could be really anything guys send your audio to superhousepodcast at gmail.com and then i'm thunderwolf drew on instagram and twitter thunderwolf lives on youtube thunderwolfdrew.com has my portfolio check that out and then amanorecon.com everybody a-m-a-n-o-r-e-c-o-n.com it's r-rated it's sci-fi it's comedy. It's horror. Did I say that? Anyway, it's got a Power Rangers influence, but it's not a fan film. And it's got X-Files and Stranger Things DNA in there as well. And uh, we're making it. This is the poster by Zach here in the YouTube. And uh, you'll see more very soon. It's going to be an Indiegogo campaign. And... Um, yeah, I could say more, but I'm not right now. But yeah, check out that campaign's coming. And uh, Indiegogo is like Kickstarter, but for short film, indie films and shit. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Ben? Shout out to Comic Capital on Instagram, as well as the Everything Entertainment Club on Clubhouse. Meanwhile, you can check us out on social media at Twitter at Superhouse Pod, Instagram, Superhero Stuff Pod, TikTok, Superhero Stuff Pod. Vero Superhero Stuff Pod. Uh, my website is benwanwriter.com. My YouTube channel is in the description below. Uh, my personal Instagram is benwanwriter. While my son's Instagram, yes, my furry ginger cat Alfie, is at Alfie Pennyworth Cat, where you can see him dressed up in bat wings. He was very unhappy about that. He whined <laughs> the entire time. Uh, if you also have an Alfie that you like to terrorize with bat wings like me, then you can go to Whiskerbox. Whiskerbox is the only cat box for the crazy cat lady. 
tangent, and we have a uh, a special link that you can use in order to get uh, some goodies, as well as the bark box, y'all. If you have a dog, then you can do the same thing and get a box that's basically worth $35 for free in the first month. Uh, and that is over at superherostuffpod.com slash shop, where you can find those special links, as well as all the other merch that we've been talking about, the threadless links, the uh, eBay affiliate stuff, where you can buy some a lot of Batman merchandise, Amazon links, that's all over at superherostuffpod.com slash shop. Over to Zach. Woo! Well, if you want to see more <laughs> artworks by myself, if you want to contact me about doing some artworks for you, just go to ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com and you can also follow me on the YouTubes, on the TikToks, and on the Instagrams. Just look up Zachary Jackson Brown Art and you can see more of my arts. <laughs> Good arts, man. Mm-hmm. Excellent Tasty. arts. Tasty right. arts. And then uh, over to John. And I am on About Faces, About Dash, my uh, Dash Faces, not Slash. My girlfriend corrected me about that one when I accidentally said that uh. on the first one. About Dash Faces on Tumblr and also Twitter. And where the hell else I'll be able to go next uh, once <laughs> the next new hot social media thing comes along, whatever. I shall be About Faces as long as I possibly can, <laughs> anywhere and everywhere. And also the Bat and uh, Batman Daily. And Batman Daily, where you can read the very strips that we had discussed here. Uh, mm. They are current. They were posted day to day, so you have to click um, to scroll back to the very beginning and then read them backwards, which is not the most convenient way. But I'm really, really hoping we'll someday get these properly published like they deserve. Mm-hmm. Yep. So catch it while you can before it's on Comicsology. Here's hoping, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. Well, I'm going to want you guys to do us a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about us. <laughs> <laughs> Ending broadcast. Woo! Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.